want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I am back with Josh. What's going on? And today we are going to definitely nerd out. Yes, I'm excited. It's going to be a little crazy. I am too. So uh, again, these podcasts correlate with previous sermons. And uh, again, you can check out our sermons uh, on this podcast, uh, or you can go online, www.encountertrinity.com, and the media tab will have them there. So this sermon comes right after a teaching on the flood, and we had lots of great conversations with people about uh, rabbit trails, you know, like what was going on, what about the Nephilim, what about other flood narratives, what about the after sermon conversations were really quite awesome. (laughs) And so one of, I'm just going to tackle one today, Yeah. but the one big thing is uh, the fallen. So Genesis six, the first part, Genesis six, one, where it starts and it talks about like these divine beings, right. you know, uh, coming together with women and having mm-hmm. these offspring that are fallen. Mm-hmm. And what exactly, what is the poison of these divine beings interacting with humanity? What was happening before the flood? Mm. What was happening before the fall that had to be eradicated? Right. Okay, so let's jump into this. Okay, so what was happening before the fall? Again, there are a lot of rabbit trails with each of these. Yeah. And so I'd encourage you, I mean, simple things that you can do, really easy, accessible ways to do this. Any thoughts that come to mind, get on YouTube. Do not just type <laughs> in, you know, Noah's Ark. There right, are, there's right, a lot right. of bad yeah. on YouTube. Sure. Um, like and by bad I mean yeah. just inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, but if you do the Bible Project, yeah, Bible Project is a great resource. It is a great resource, and uh, and then another one to consider. In fact, Tim Mackey, uh, the kind of the lead scholar for the Bible yeah. Project, references a guy by the name of Dr. Michael Hesser a yes. lot. Yeah. And Hesser is uh, one of right now one of the leading uh, ancient Mesopotamian scholars yeah so he's like gonna be the more scholarly academic like, academic route mm-hmm. and then people like Tim Mackey who have a podcast and the Bible project is a little more like accessible accessible easy to understand to frame this conversation maybe we just read the beginning of Genesis 6 Do to, it. to give us kind of a basis of what we're talking about so the beginning of Genesis 6 says when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them The sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. Verse 4, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. And it goes on to talk about even more. Yeah. So um, instead of spending time on what exactly a Nephilim is, uh, I'm going to talk about what the Bible seems to make most important. Right. Though you can run out the rabbit trails yeah. of what they are. Yeah. Uh, a great book if you want to do something more scholarly, but it's still accessible. It's not like dissertation scholarly. Yeah. Uh, but the Unseen Realm by mm, Dr. Michael Hesser, yeah, which is a yeah. scholar that the Bible Project lead scholar references yep. a lot. Um, that's a pretty good book, and it's pretty accessible. Uh, it's got some; it's more of an academic read, yeah. but y- you could do it. <laughs> and uh, so, I'm not going to talk about what the Nephilim are exactly, right? uh, but I am going to talk about what they were doing to humans mm. that God wanted to eradicate, right? Um, get off the planet. Okay, so. Um, there is, and, and this isn't just, uh, in a, in a lot of different, if you go through like 
second century Jewish temple literature, mm. other historical, uh, there is something that's happening prior to the flood that sounds fantastic. And by mm-hmm. fantastic, I don't mean like, ooh, that's cool. Right. I mean like, whoa, that's beyond right. normal. Mm. Right. Like it's a, uh, it's fantastical. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if that makes sense, outside of our regular kind of frame of reference. Right. Right. Um, miraculous. Right. But not necessarily good miraculous. Sure. Just not normal. Yeah. What we experience every yeah. day. So what appears to be happening, and again, Hester does a great job unpacking this, as do many other scholars, is that fallen divine creatures are coming down to humans Mm. and they're teaching them basically how to destroy themselves faster and more efficiently. Mm. Um, And so it's like advancing civilization quickly, teaching them how to make tools, teaching them Mm -hmm. how to create uh, uh, governments and structures that can control and hoard even more Mm. efficiently. Um, So think of it as progress, but progress with a heart that's way off. Mm. So we are created by God to create. These are fallen creatures using our unique, um, and again, imagio Dei, image of God, what exactly that means. Uh, Hesser believes it is the ability to create. Literally, we carry that kind of command or responsibility of God. Mm -hmm. So these fallen angels are working with us to capitalize on that creative energy, but now to destroy and kill and hoard and hurt and exploit. And humans were really good at doing that. So when you say, first thing that comes to my mind, when you say like, you know, fallen angels, like what, what are you talking about? Cause I know maybe what comes into some of our minds is the cartoon pictures or the classic Mm -hmm. things. Like what is it to be a fallen angel? What is that? Okay. So, uh, there, Again, with each of these descriptions, there's a whole rabbit trail you could go down, which I'm not going to take. I encourage you to go back to the scholars I mentioned earlier. Just those two are enough, but there's a lot more out there. And if you read Hesser, he'll reference other people that you can go down if you want to do more. Uh, Basically what it is is they carry this idea that there is the divine counsel, and Hesser writes about this a lot. All through, if you really pause and read like the creation account in the Torah, Mm -hmm. Genesis, Mm -hmm. so our origin story, the language is plural all the way through. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let us go down mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and then we need to like all of this plural language. Right. So God is not in the garden alone mm-hmm. with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. There, it, there are other divine creatures there with mm-hmm. them. And there's this divine council that's mm-hmm. mentioned multiple times in the yeah. Bible. These, uh, creatures, these things, these angelic beings, uh, the messengers of God, they carry authority that God has given them. Uh, They exist in the spiritual world and they can fall and rebel against God. And so there are these fallen rebellion angels. They they were people that carried authority that God gave them, but now they're fallen and they're working against the heart of God. And they come and they work alongside humans to teach them how to live destructive too. Right. Right. Does that, does that, I mean, I can give a whole yes. lot more. Yes. And I know when you say divine, you're not saying they're all, um, the uppercase G gods, but there is a certain sense in which they have a level of spiritual authority. That's right. Like, how do we understand that? Cause somebody could hear that and think like, is there more than one God? No. What yeah. does that mean? Uh, right. So they're, uh, there are other divine beings, mm-hmm. but they are not 
God, God. Right. They don't and have and prime authority. Yeah, maybe we would say capital G, God, God. Lowercase G, God. God, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the only capital G, God, in that he is the only source. Right. He is the only uh, sustainer of life. That's right. And all these lower G, God, spiritual beings, they are given a level of authority by Yahweh. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, in, in fact, uh, Hesser and other scholars believe that even in the creation account, uh, the first creation of let there be light. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not him making the planets. That comes later, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it is the let there be light. Some scholars think that that is when God created mm. these beings that are to be uh, caretakers or guardians over certain aspects mm. of the cosmos. Right. So they were created. They and were created. And then Yahweh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the only uncreated. That's right. Okay. Rich, and, and again, I, I don't know that I can even comprehend what uncreated <laughs> right. means. No, none of us can. Um, but he is, uh, yeah, he is the only one. Yeah. Uh, in fact, later on, the phrase that ex nihilo, later on in, right. in Christian history, they came up with this phrase, out, out of, of nothing, nothing, God creates. So he is the only one that can truly make yes. out of nothing. All these other divine counsel creatures, beings, mm -hmm. angels, whatever mm -hmm. they are, they are a lesser. They, mm. they cannot make out of nothing. They are guardians or stewards of what God has already created, just like we are. Hmm. So we steward, we were created to steward the garden and to bring yeah. God's order to it and to yes. maintain it. Um, they, in a sense, had stewardship. So like the word messenger, angels, they're messengers. They steward a word of God or a work of God, hmm. right? So there could be, and again, we don't know exactly what that means, yeah. um, but we also know they can rebel. Right. And when they rebel, they can't make new. So they come down and they literally create or um, it's like a choir and mm. somebody is singing way out of tune. Right. And it creates dissonance. Right. So they come and they teach humans how to sing out of alignment mm. with God's heart. So originally God has created these spiritual beings to to take care of something or have responsibility, steward, steward something right. in God's world. Right. And some of them choose not to do it the way that he has asked. That's but, right. And beyond that, they teach humans how to also rebel. That's right. And, and, and again, I, I wonder, I wonder, um, other scholars wonder, like if the unique thing in us is to, is the creativity, like we are called to create, though the stewardship piece is really important in the sure. text. And yeah, I, I'd love to spend more time on that, but I, I, I'll hit pause on that. Um, we can do something that they can't do, which is, uh, I don't exactly understand it, sure. but in their rebellion, they are using us to mm. help steward and create and make new more rebellion. Right. Right. So, right. and again, I don't understand right. exactly what that is, yeah. but God doesn't give stewardship of all things to, right. Right. I've heard a way that that is said, which is um, like the enemy or evil spirit, spiritual beings, they can't create energy in us, but they can direct it. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to so, say So like we have energy towards something and you could even think of um, the Greek word for um, passion and jealousy mm -hmm. is the same. That's right. So like passion used in the positive right. is a good thing. That's right. But passion used in the negative That's is right. jealousy. So the spirit couldn't create that passion or jealousy in you, but right. this evil spirit could um, tempt you to use that toward the negative. Right. So let's go back. We can get it. We get a better picture that Genesis 
6 text, we can get a, a, a better picture when we go back to the actual fall account with yeah. Eve yeah. and Adam and, yeah. and the, the deceiver in the garden. Yeah. So when you go back to the tree, so think of it as the tree moment, but then extrapolate it out in massive ways. Right. So this is, uh, I'm going to try my best to explain, this is what appears from my perspective to be the main front of spiritual warfare. Right. Right. I mean, all the way back to the garden. Right. To the Nephilim and the fall of humanity. And again, what that exactly mm-hmm. means, there's a lot more you could run down yeah. on that. Um, and then even maybe today, what spiritual warfare is. Right. So at the tree in the garden, you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And you have the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And they both represent, in a sense, what am I going to trust? Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, the tree of life is saying, I'm going to trust God, trust his heart, steward his way, his nature. Yeah. Um, like even in the New Testament, Jesus is the perfect embodiment. Uh, I love the way Dr. Piper interprets the Greek there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says of the nature of God. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, yeah. the plucking from the tree of life is saying, I'm going to not just um, believe that he is the prime authority, but I'm going to embody his nature too. I mean, yeah, you're talking the tree it. of life, the, tree the of good life, one, the good one. I'm going to eat the nature of God, consume it. It, it is my lifeblood. Now it is yes. what I am about is the nature and the heart of God. That's what I'm going to trust God. Yes. Um, and then the fall, the knowledge of good and evil is the fallen. I'll use the word angel, mm-hmm. uh, but fallen being fallen angel. And he is trying to teach them to not trust God, but trust in this case in, in themselves, right? Right. Like you can be the one, you be the one to decide. Right. Okay. And so that first front warfare, what will I, what will I trust mm. that spills over into the Genesis six account where the engine of trusting myself, trusting my wants, trusting, continuing to poison our desires and then trusting our own interpretation of what to do with them and how the enemy is just seeding and angling and pushing that ever darker, ever darker. Literally the text says, I don't think you got to it, but the text literally says all of their thoughts. Yeah. We're evil. We're evil. I mean, they're just immersed in, in this, in this fall and brokenness poison. Yeah. So trusting in themselves. So trusting in these twisted divine beings, whispering direction or, yeah. Uh, twisted progress yeah. um, into them. Okay, so let's recap that because there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So we're saying Go ahead. Eden, this beginning Genesis narrative with Adam and Eve and the spiritual evil being in the garden right. is representative for us. It represents for us um, what spiritual warfare, really the heart of spiritual warfare right, right. or what is happening in spiritual warfare which is we were intended to eat from the tree of life and intended to enjoy God's provision for us and become more like him and trust him. Yeah, embody him. Yeah, his nature. Yes, and this spiritual being in the garden, you know, the serpent, whatever, is tempting Adam and Eve to trust themselves or trust something else instead of God. And then we see that playing out. That's right. So the enemy comes along, and what he does is he— Think of it like a trajectory, like an arrow going through the air. The enemy, we are originally created to trust in the Lord and continue right. moving that direction. Yeah. And the enemy is like like blowing on the mm. arrow, trying to blow it off course. Like yeah. I'm going to move the target. You're going to trust in your own desires, trust yeah. in your own. Okay, so jump forward. What does this mean for us t- today? Yeah. Okay, now, again, there's a ton of questions. Yeah. Uh, but... What this means for us today, I think, is really interesting. Um, 
the enemy still today is always trying to tinker with our trust. Mm-hmm. I th- I really think that is one of the, if not the, front line of spiritual warfare. Right. And I, I think it works like this. You, uh, I'm pointing to the table. Nobody can see this. <laughs> That's uh, all right. So I'll describe it That's well. That's all right. I'll try to describe it well. Um, the enemy first gets a hold of you, and he, he puts you in situations where you're learning to trust yourself, but it's with a objectively good thing. Mm-hmm. So it might be like, um, I'm really exhausted. I'm really anxious. I got to figure out a way to just feel better. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're not choosing drugs. You're not yeah, choosing not, prostitution. Not a bad you're not, thing, yeah. right? So you're like, I, I think I need to take a vacation every year, a good right. long vacation. You take that vacation. Mm. When you get back from that vacation, you kind of identify, this worked really well. I feel yeah. really good. The thought comes into your mind, I solved my anxiety, mm. right? I fixed it. Right. Well, in a vacuum, the decision to take a vacation is a good thing. Right. Right. But the thought that I solved it is something, it's, it's blowing on that arrow mm-hmm. and just a, li- a little bit yeah. blowing on that arrow. And then that teach that you, you are taught to then trust that I can solve, I can make my right. desires. I'm the one that fixes this. And then it goes from there and it might grow to something else like, um, an interpretation of sexuality or how right. to handle our money. Right. And we're like, well, I still am objectively big level, big idea Christian. Right. But with these little nuanced things, uh, the Bible's antiquated. And right. so I'm going to I'm, I'm going to accept this in the Bible, still right. claim to be Christian, uh, but I'm going to dismiss this in the Bible. Right. And so in a little tiny way, even though you might still big picture claim to be Christian, you have now set your authority above scripture. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you now look at the Bible and you don't think it is the guide that I'm to trust. You look at the Bible and go, it's good information that I trust my interpretation of. Right. So you kind of use the Bible as one thing you can use to make your decisions. Right. Rather than the Bible is going to direct my decisions. Right. And, And think, go all the way back to the garden now. So what's happened is, even if it's like vacation, you know, and it's an objectively good thing or it's something that misaligns when you are, you are not eating from the apple of, I will trust not like in the Lord. Right. I trust the Lord, not my own understanding. Right. Um, but I will trust primarily in my understanding and mm. in my interpretation, the knowledge of good and evil. I will own my interpretation mm-hmm. and the Bible is a good idea and it's got some good information right. in it. Right. So then after years and I'm talking to Christians. Yeah. Um, after years of trusting your wisdom and solving your anxiety, your wisdom and solving your frustration, your mm-hmm. wisdom, and and then trusting your knowledge or interpretation of what money you should do with money, or your wisdom, your knowledge of interpretation of what you do uh, with sex and sexuality yeah. and your knowledge, all of those things you are wanting, it's all feeding what you desire. Mm-hmm. But after years of teaching you to trust you, after that, that's when the enemy sinks in the thought, you're worthless. Mm. You don't matter. Yeah. Your life has been pointless. You're not loved. Right. He sinks in those false lies. And the reason they're so effective, even to Christians, is because the Christian has spent so much of their life learning to trust their ideas. Right. Yeah. I've heard you use the word before grooming. Like grooming. the enemy's grooming people to come to the point where they That's right. trust themselves. And so, man, when that idea hits you yeah. and you're like, oh, man, what if, what if I'm unlovable? What if, what if I don't matter? What if, what if, uh, you know, God is whatever, right? right. Doesn't like me. Right. When that seed hits your mind, your, and I say this literally, your poor brain mm. and heart 
have been so trained mm-hmm. to trust in itself and its own yeah. thoughts and its own reason yeah. that that little seed that you think is your idea, yeah. um, now you trust it and you wish you could trust what God says. Right. Yeah. You wish you could trust the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you wish you could trust what the Bible says, yeah. but, but it just, you, you struggle with it. Right. Right. Um, and so the, the crazy thing is to be able to survive the dark thoughts the enemy gives you, you have to practice trusting right all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so even if you go on vacation, yeah. it's like I, you know, oh, that's great. The Lord led me to this. Yeah. Receive it from the hand of God, not your own brilliance or your own. That's right. So know, early on, even if you're picking the same activity, right. the posture of mind and heart that says, man, uh, the Lord brought this to me, or that right. where you, you are training your mind to trust in the Lord yeah. with all your heart and right. lean not on your understanding yeah. and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Right. When you are teaching your mind to trust right, to eat from the tree of life, yeah. um, in the moments where it is a good action, yeah. but you just interpret it in a way that yeah. your trust is rightly aimed. Yeah. And then you get to the things where it's like scripture or my interpretation. Yeah. Trust in the Lord yeah. over what you think you know about money or sex yeah. or whatever. And then when you've trained yourself to trust in the Lord, when that dark idea hits your mind, I'm worthless. The person who is trained to trust rightly can literally in the moment, because they've trained yeah. themselves to do this, in the moment yep. go, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that idea. Yeah. I know that's not of the Lord. Yeah. Because they've taught their mind to trust rightly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems like in that there's a learning to file where these thoughts are coming from right and a learning it, it, my sheep know my voice you oh, know it's man. a because sometimes we receive a thought and we're like you know even of our our value and right. our worth and god's love and we're like yeah i don't know and it's like that is from the spirit learning to file that when we feel a sense of conviction it's like that's the holy spirit yeah and then uh, i've heard people call it negative self-talk channel yeah. that's the channel that the enemy yeah. speaks to us on yeah. and it's like that that's the enemy you yeah. know speaking to us but that discernment like learning to recognize what is the yeah. voice of god is so important yeah and then and then you think about like even when we landed the new testament and go land the good news that's mm-hmm. being sent out i mean and and the ref oh, i won't go down that rabbit trail <laughs> but like you know the lifting up next one in the, but, but in in that man uh what is salvation it is literally trusting jesus right right that is it's not knowledge yeah like uh, like I know more information. I have than to the next figure person. this out. Yeah, or I have to figure this out. Yeah. Um, it is not like alpha male strength. Yeah. It's not money. Yes. It's not social yep. influence. Salvation is literally getting your trusts mm-hmm. rightly ordered. Yep. That's why a child can do it. That's why there's no intelligence level e- IQ required for it. That's right. It's just. I trust, trust you and you will help me. And I wonder, like, so even like the age of accountability, and I mean, this is me just speculating yeah. now, um, but the, the the reason why I think little babies, when they die, and it's super sad, I yeah. did a funeral for a toddler yeah. here recently, it's yeah. really sad. I have no doubt that God catches them. Yeah. They haven't lived long enough to trust wrongly. Right, right. Right. So it's like they die and Jesus reaches out his hands. They've only ever known God's love and care. That's right. Yeah. So they just, it makes me emotional yeah. thinking of that funeral. Yeah. But like, you know, you, they, they, of course they reach out. And they go, they, yeah. Their trusts are so good. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I, when, what is happening? What are the Nephilim? That's not the point of this podcast. Right. Though it's an interesting <laughs> rabbit trail. The, the bigger question I think we need to focus on, at least coming out of last Sunday's yeah. sermon, is yeah. um, 
what was happening. Right. And uh, and I think there's enough evidence to pin down that right. as the primary activity yeah. is the the wrongly ordered trusts. Right. That's what, from the tree yeah. to the pre-flood uh, right. to even today, what is our spiritual warfare? Right. Um, it is over our trust. Yeah. So how do we grow our trust? Yeah. That's a good question I think yeah. to ask. I'm talking a ton today. I'm it's sorry. It's good. Do it. Um, what, what do we do to grow our trust? I think you grow your trust for the moment you need it most. Yeah. When you choose to trust rightly when you think you don't. Right. So I'm going to I'm gonna give God credit. Um, when I do uh, figure something out with anything from an investment that works in your you favor. You mean when you think you don't need to trust? Yes. When yeah. you think you don't need to trust. Right. You're already practicing Got rightly it. ordered trust. Right. And you can even practice rightly ordered trust by rightly ordered credit. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So like, um, when you do, when you're like, man, I'm overworking, I need to take a vacation and you take a vacation, right? even just hitting pause and going, man, it is the grace of God that led me to this idea. Or yes. it is the grace of God that, you know, in that yeah. conversation with the counselor in rightly ordered credit, even yes. you're beginning to rightly form your trust. Yeah. And, and even the grace of God that is giving me rest as I'm on vacation, 100% the right. grace of God that it, yeah, yeah. And that goes really back to like God is sustaining our life. He is sustaining what we need, even through these physical things like rest and food and whatever, but it really is all God. It's all God. And then you progress it further. And when you land on something like how I spend my money or a view on sexuality or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I know the Bible says this, but um, you know, I kind of don't like, right. In those moments, right, it doesn't feel nearly as significant, mm. but even in those moments, you are training your trust. That's good. And so you mm. trust in the Lord, what the Lord says. Yes. Um, and then when you get further down the road and you have those moments where that mm-hmm. dark thought enters your brain, yeah. you have already been training your mind to go, no, mm. no, I have an external compass, yeah. and its name is Jesus. Yeah, this is an interesting connection, but it reminds me of, I think it's Paul who said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit yeah. The connection I've heard there that scholars make between the Holy Spirit and um, strong drink is control. Yeah. That when you're filled with, you know, somebody's getting drunk, they're controlled by this substance. Yeah. And the Spirit wants that same kind of control. Yeah. But instead of being just controlled by alcohol, you know, we would be controlled by the Holy Spirit and, yeah. and kind of led in his boldness, yeah. not in a boldness that is, you know, raucous or whatever, right. but a boldness that is willing to yeah. quickly obey what he tells us. Right. And uh, and even that boy, that text is so good. Uh, so a little bit of a side note, but it does overlap with that. When you are drunk, you are controlled by your external, your, your self-governance goes way down yes. and external stimuli takes over. Yes. Right. So whether it is throw a rock through a window, drive my car right. really fast, you know, do something inappropriate with, yep. you know, with a person, um, the external stimuli takes control yep. of you. And so the do not be drunk on, but the Holy Spirit, yes. this whole, like, are you aware mm. of what is, you know, uh, taking control of you? Yep. Possessing you, putting you on, influencing you. That's yes. right. And and ironically, yes. even the, the, the other side of this coin is when you look at the Bible and you say, I'm going to choose what I think is wise for my money over what Scripture says. Mm. Um, when you make those decisions, you are still externally controlled. Mm. Um, it's just they're whispering to you, this is your idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, yep. But it's not. You're, you're the sum of the... 
TV shows you've watched yeah. and the news that you read yeah. and the values of your society. Yep. And so uh, that those decisions to trust in the Lord with all your heart yes. and not on your understanding, that goes that can go all the way back. That it, it doesn't just rescue you from a bad idea. Right. It goes all the way back to right before the flood. Yes. It goes all the way back to even the Garden of Eden yeah. and the whisper of the enemy yep. to not trust in God. Yeah. But, but you, you can yeah. have the knowledge. Yeah. You be the one. Yeah, and ju- just a final word on that is God is trustworthy. That's it's right. like he will direct us and lead yeah. us. And it, it does seem it maybe at first scary because you're like, I, I don't know the outcome of blank. I don't know the future. But it's the cliche, you know, God holds the future. He does yeah. know it. He is trustworthy. Yeah. So when we do decide to do that in deeper and deeper levels, God is faithful and he takes care of us. That's right. And I think too, I mean, right along with that, uh, if you compare Christ to other lower G gods, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, um, and all of Mesopotamian lore, I mean, though I don't want to go too far down that road, you can read Unseen Realm or right, right, you know, right. uh, some of Hester's work. There's the yeah. book I mentioned earlier or even that one. Uh, but you could like how did all of the whether it's greco-roman or norse gods or how how did all these other gods um what do they demand of their people right i mean it's right slot control lust you know know, yeah and then jesus rolls around and to the very least to these is compassion and love and grace and so when you choose to trust in christ you are trusting literally in love itself yeah yeah, I love that quote we were talking about before. Jeffrey, I think it's Satan over. He says, idols ask for more and more while giving less and less until eventually they demand everything and give nothing. And then we see in the scripture the total contrast is yeah. his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And Jesus gave everything. Yeah, for us instead of demanding yeah. Yeah, from us. Yeah, and then as we walk in his way, so then you go back to the tree of the knowledge, of good and evil, and the tree of life. When we step and say, I will choose... And you eat of that fruit, mm-hmm. that whole metaphor. I'm, it's going to consume yeah. me. Yeah. Not just do I know it's there. Yeah, the good tree. The good tree. Yeah. But when I consume the good tree, God, I trust in him. Yeah. It literally begins to permeate and change every bit of who you are. Yes. Um, it's good. All right. This has been <laughs> a little nerdy and maybe a little long. I don't know. But it's good. Uh, Anything else that we should add? Anything else come to mind? Uh, Scent Sunday is this Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple days from now. Yep, we're going to have a wonderful Sunday. We're just going to pray. Yeah, come um, join us. It's at East Fishers. Yep, at the East Fishers location. I love you all. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the church family. Uh, again, if this was meaningful, I just you know encourage you to share it with somebody or even you know rate us on the podcast. Yeah, do I hear it, that do that's it. important to do. <laughs> Only if it's a good rating. Only if it's a, oh yeah, there you <laughs> go. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, it, no, I, I'm with you. And uh, no, we love you guys, and we're so glad that you're a, a part of our family. And and what we want for you more than anything else is that you would truly find hope and meaning and purpose uh, at at a level that nothing in this world could ever give apart from Christ. And so uh, we believe that Jesus is the answer. Amen. Trust in him. All right. Have a great week.